What would you do if one day you woke up and you found yourself in another person's body? Zoinks. And then we travel to outer space to take a look at a bizarre new conspiracy theory. Astronauts have often complained about how stinky space is. Is it possible they're smelling our violent past? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit. I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. I didn't really get through this intro. I couldn't. I had to interrupt myself. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. This is the last week before my break, aka this is, I'm so sore. Everything hurts. I don't know why I'm sitting here in a recording booth. My uh, body aches. I went for this big walk today. I walked down to Walmart and got myself some Diet Pepsi and a Batman Hot Wheel. That's literally, that's literally all I bought. I walked two miles. Got that stuff. I'm just sore and tired. But here I am, once again, in your eardrum, Lil Jason's, hanging out inside of your cavaclave or whatever it's called up there, your cockle. I don't know. Anyways, I'm dancing around in there, bringing you some more paranormal news. And I'm not alone. I'm not the only voice in your head walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Let's give it up for one of our Christmas livestream contributors, Thuja Magus. Thuja Magus, everyone give a big round of applause as he magically appears in your other ear. Thuja, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Or the, the show financially, I get it. Just help spread the word about the show. Tell your friends, tell your family. That really helps out a lot. Plus, I said on yesterday's episode I had already done all of my Thanksgiving live stream contributors. That's not true. I actually made a mistake. I have a couple more of you guys. So if I haven't called your name yet, do not fret. You'll be coming in upcoming episodes. But Thuja is our pilot today. And Thuja, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the... Jason Jalopy, we're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We will drive all the way out to a small town in suburban America. I found this story on the X board the other day. It's absolutely fascinating. And we're going to take a look at it and say, that's, you're going to be like, Jason, seriously, bro? I, this, is, this, is clearly, this is clearly made up. I know you need to take a break and all, but, but don't don't get this. When I read this story, it did seem your initial inclination is this is impossible. What's so funny is we cover the impossible every single day on this show, twice. We do two impossible stories each day. And I think the limits of what, why is this story impossible? Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as I tell you this incredibly impossible story. So the other day, apparently, this happened very, very recently. There is this dude, we're going to call him Ben. So Ben is hanging out at his house, and his best friend and his girlfriend show up. We'll call the best friend Marcus. We'll call him Marcus, and we're going to call her Tracy. Tracy is the girlfriend. And Marcus and Tracy are standing there, and they said, Ben, you're not going to believe this. We barely believe this. (laughs) If you've ever seen a Disney Channel movie... You'll probably believe it, maybe, or you'll find it even more unlikely because it's a Disney Channel movie. We've switched bodies. So you see me here. I am Marcus talking. I'm actually your loving girlfriend, Tracy, stuck in this body. And that over there, that should be my body. And it's waving, doing a little waving thing. Hi, I'm Marcus. I'm Marcus. I'm trapped in Tracy's body. 
we switched some at some point last night. We switched bodies. Now Ben doesn't believe this, right? You, how could you believe this? If your best friend and your girlfriend showed up and tried to convince you that they had switched consciousnesses, conscious knee? What's the what's the plural of conscious nigh? Anyways, that that happened, right? That they switched souls, and they're in their new body. And the only, I mean, obviously you'd think they were making it up, right? Because the only time you ever see anything like this is in the movies. With aliens and ghosts and demons, we have tons of literature and religious scripts and all sorts of stuff. And science, maybe, with the alien thing. There's not a lot of religious scripts about aliens, but you know what I mean? Like, we have all this other stuff plus movies. But with people switching bodies outside of Freaky Friday and then that Zac Efron movie where he switched bodies with Matthew Perry and they were hanging out. Or did they switch bodies or did he go back in time? I don't remember. It was a good movie, but I don't remember the name of it or the plot. But other than that, it was a good movie. Very rarely outside of a Disney Channel original movie do people switch bodies. I've never read this type of account in the literature before. So you'd think it was fake. And you would do what Ben did. He thought he thought it was fake. And then he goes, well, I have to quiz you, right? <laughs> because I saw it in Freaky Friday. Like, we have, no, we have no other testing for this. So he started asking Tracy questions that only Marcus would know. He brings Tracy aside, and he's asking Tracy questions that only Marcus would know. And Tracy is answering questions only Marcus would know. So he's like, well, maybe Marcus is in this spot. No, 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 this is too weird. So then he pulls Marcus aside and starts asking him questions only Tracy would know. And so on and so forth. And he, oh, he goes, this went on for hours, right? I'm starting to run out of questions to ask him. This went on for hours. And finally, I'm not entirely convinced, but this would have to be one of the most elaborate pranks ever set up. Like, they know stuff that only their original soul person would know. I don't know what to make of this. And it's not even the weirdest part. Ben goes on to explain to the X board. When they first showed up, they were panicking about this. They were really, really freaked out. As I think most people would if you woke up in someone else's body. But he goes, it's been about four or five days since this has happened. And over that amount of time, Tracy, who has Marcus's consciousness in her body, is starting to, at first, was acting like Marcus in Tracy's body, because it is Marcus's soul in that body. But over the past four days, Tracy, instead of acting like Marcus in her body, has started to act like Tracy. And the same thing is happening with Marcus. At first, Marcus was acting like my girlfriend. But over the past four days, now Marcus is starting to act like Marcus again. What is what's what's going on? Is there any way to reverse this? I mean, obviously, the answer to this would be it was a prank, and they're getting tired of the prank, and they're slowly reverting out of the prank, and they'll explain it somehow. But he goes, I kind of want them back. I kind of want them back to normal. I don't know how to fix this, and I guess in a way they're kind of turning back to normal, but I don't understand that because it's still Marcus in Tracy's body. She's just starting to act like Tracy used to before the body swap. 
What's really interesting is someone then responded on the X. Actually, everyone first off was talking about sex. Like, now you get to have sex with your best friend in the body of your girlfriend. Could you ask for anything better? And that's when he goes, well, it's actually turning back into my girlfriend. Like, personality-wise, it's starting to act like Tracy did before the switch. Someone jumped on the X board. I thought this was really interesting. Someone jumped on the X board and said, listen, what's going on is their souls did switch. But muscle memory is so powerful that when you take a consciousness and put it into a body that is not its own, if you took Tracy's soul and put it in Marcus's body, at first it will act 100% like Tracy, simply inhabiting a new body. But over time, the muscle memory of that body, everything that body has done for the past 19, 20 years, however old these kids are, has been Marcus-related. All the, little, all the little white blood cells in there had a little pennants that said Marcus, and they were all like, yay, it's his birthday, which means it's our birthday. And they were very Marcus-centric. So when a new soul moves in, it's basically, that's the alien part of the body. And it shows up, and, he, and this guy's saying, the soul is so malleable, it's such a malleable force, that when you put it into a new body, it will, in a very short time, begin to conform to the rights and the logic and the muscle memory of the old body to the point that while the personality of Tracy will never completely disappear, it will, for the most part, revert to being the Marcus. And every so often, this new Marcus may have a glimmer, may have a vision or a memory of being a woman at some point, but it'll seem like a dream. It'll seem like not part of the reality it will be more Marcus than Tracy. Like, if you don't reverse this, you will lose pure Tracy and you will lose pure Marcus. And what you'll get is something that is 98%, 95% Marcus with a 5% of Tracy remaining, that soul remaining. And the same thing going on. He didn't actually give, he didn't actually give the percentages, but... Fascinating, and and we don't know how this ends, right? This was just a post on the X board. We haven't seen anything to come else out of it. But um, I think it's so interesting because it does answer one of the questions that I've had a lot about the soul. Not can I switch bodies? That We'll get to that in a second. But I've always thought if you take a baby, if you take a human baby, and I believe that you know humans have souls, what happens when the body itself has something different about it, whether that be something like a, a, a mental deficiency or a physical deficiency or something like that, and you have a soul go into a body that can't process things in a logical way, right? How does that work? I've always figured the soul is such a powerful undying force, and then you take it and you put it into a tiny body whose brain is just not working on the level of a human brain should have. The brain's only capable of having, like, say, an IQ of 65 or whatever like that. The soul itself is in there. How come the soul, this eternal being, this eternal life force, how is it trapped in this body that can't process language, like even basic language? But this would explain that. It's because the soul conforms to the physical form. The soul goes into a body that is not working at a basic human level. The soul's still perfectly normal, 
but it won't like you can't why can't you take this soul that's been around since the dawn of existence and put it into a frail little body and then it have the knowledge and the the wisdom of a human soul like i that's something i've always been curious about because i've always thought like when these people die like when somebody dies if you had all of these disabilities through your life your soul's not also disabled it's like back to its normal soul form so why if you took something that was that powerful and raw and put it into Something so frail and I don't want to use the term broken, but you know, just like not not operating on a normal level, whatever that is. You know, there's all sorts of levels of physical and, and mental disabilities and stuff like that. Whether it's like hardcore schizophrenia or you just have mouth disability. My I would assume <laughs> my soul can do advanced trig, but I can't. My brain just doesn't process math as easily as it does everything else. So this would this answers that that it doesn't matter what the power level of the soul is it's it part part of it is it gets stuck it conforms to the physical limitations of the body so that's an interesting answer to that question that I don't know if anyone else was asking I've always been curious about that uh, souls are powerful enough to survive after death and haunt locations for hundreds of years. But if you, if a soul that is that powerful is in a body that can't ever really speak, you know, the, it's just mute. How how does the body not? How does the soul not override the body's limitations? So that would answer that. It just it doesn't. It's it's almost like takes the path of least resistance in the physical form. So I thought that was an interesting whole side of this. And then you also have the thing: is is this possible? I've never come across anything like this before. Like how common is this? And I'm wondering if that suggestion is true. Like within four days, you may actually just revert back to the your soul is still in that other body but you don't remember after four or five days you spin panicking and trying to figure out a way to stop it but then eventually you just become tracy living tracy's life and if you didn't interact with her in that time period you might never know something happened i wonder how common this is I wonder if this is more common than we think and people switch bodies and then they get used to it and then every so often they'll have a dream about, that's weird. I remember waking up one day and I was like, get ready for this track meet. But it was like, I was like, dude? And I, I never really did track. I don't know, it was weird. And they're actually, they had swapped bodies at some point and they'd gone on with their life. Maybe this is super common. And this is one of the few times this has been caught, this has been recorded, like this dude who's into the paranormal was there right when it happened. Because imagine if the friends didn't have a third party that they trusted, and they were trying to talk it out amongst each other, and then over time they just got used to it, and then they forgot that they had even swapped. And who knows, they may even swap back at some point. And then they also go back through that thing where they just kind of forget and their souls kind of go back. This might be incredibly common. If it is a phenomenon, like alien abductions, one of the key things about alien abductions is you forget about it. Like a, almost every alien story, unless they're, they're just like talking to the aliens, the aliens come down and some farmer sees them in a field. If the aliens wipe people's memories. Alien abductions may be far more common than we know of, but 98% of them get their memory wiped. Or all of them get their memory wiped, but 98% of them never, ever have an inkling that anything happened. I wake up all the time with little scratches on my body and dots 
like dots behind my ear. I used to, for the longest time, I'd wake up with blood coming out from behind my ear. Not from my ear. I know that's the thing, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was just like, whatever. I, whatever. You know, I figured I'd just cut myself shaving. I can never answer the question, was I shaving in the middle of the night? But, you know, I, I, it may be super common, and this may be super common. We may have all, at some point in our lives, switched bodies with someone else and panicked about it for a couple days and felt out of place and felt like depersonalization or whatever, and then we got used to it and kept going on with our lives. So, fascinating story, even though it sounds absolutely impossible because it's something we only see in the movies. Who knows? Who knows? I would love to come across other stories like this, honestly. But yeah, and I really love the export. I know a lot of people hate it. Sometimes I hate it because they just have the same stuff, the succubus threads over and over again. But we've been getting some really good stuff out of there recently. Really, really dig the export. Over, overall, I think it is a pretty good spot to hang out. Thujamagus, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind this befuddled young couple in suburbia. We, we can't help them, right? We hope they figure it out somehow or they just get used to it. We're leaving them behind. We're headed all the way out to outer space. I came across this post the other day. from Someone known as Tattoos by Carlos. I don't think I've ever read a username that is also a ad for their company. But Tattoos by Carlos, we'll just call this dude Carlos, posted a theory online the other day. Really, really interesting one. I know in the intro I made a comment about the smell of outer space. And even when Carlos was talking about this, you saw the same comment pop up a lot. How in the world can you smell outer space? You got a spacesuit on, right? If you don't have a spacesuit on, your lungs are outside of your body and your blood's crystallized, and your eyes have exploded, and all sorts of other things I saw happen in a documentary called Event Horizon. How can you smell space? It's actually, some people consider it an urban legend. And I, I pulled up this YouTube video called Astronaut Chris Hadfield Debunks Space Myths. He's talking about one of them is what happens to the human body when you're in space, and Talking about all this stuff, and, and he goes, so, one of the urban legends about space, would it be an urban legend? One of the solar legends about space is that you can smell outer space. He goes, that's true. You can smell outer space. So what happens? He says, we go, we put on our spacesuits, and we go for these spacewalks. Johnson, Johnson, get back in here. He's like, no, I'm going back home. I'm running away. You guys don't like me. Little dude is spacewalking out, but he has that little tether and they're just holding it. They're holding it. He can't get too far. And they wheel him back in. He's just throwing another tantrum. What happens is when you go on your spacewalk, and then, so you have the airlock. So you put on your spacesuit, you go out into the, you go out in space, and then you come back into the airlock. The door shuts. And then you take your space suit off. You don't, you don't have to wear it for the rest of the time up in space. It's full of poop and pee by the time you get home. You take your space suit off. And what you can smell immediately is the smell of space on your suit. So when you are in outer space, it does collect a smell. You can't smell it in space because you, you would die. But when you come back in from a spacewalk, so you know what your spacesuit smells like before you go out, because you wash it, you wash it with Dove detergent. It's the best detergent for astronauts. And then 
you know what it smells when you come back from outer space. It's it smells like burnt steak or welding material. It smells like gunpowder or brimstone. It's not a pleasant smell, but it definitely has a smell. Being in outer space, when you come back in and you take your spacesuit off and you smell it, burnt materials, a welded metal together, that instant like shh, that oxidized metal, a seared steak. A lot of times it's a smell of burned meat, brimstone, all of this stuff, right? They don't know why it smells like this. It's very interesting. This YouTube video, he says this is his theory. This is what astronaut Chris Hadfield said. He says that he believes that when you go out into space, the vacuum of space is actually pulling micro materials, trace metals out of the space station or the space shuttle or whatever. And it's pulling that stuff off of your ship and it's attaching to your suit. It's just this slow off-gassing of all of this man-made material up in space. And when you come back in, that's what you're smelling. That's why it smells very metallic or very, very oxidized, brimstone-y smell. I don't know where they're making space shuttles out of. I don't know if it's real cheap labor in hell or something like that. That's why they smell like that. But he goes, that's what I think the smell is. I think it's all the off-gassing that comes off the vehicle. He goes, if for some reason you found yourself in space and you weren't near a vehicle, I don't think you would smell like anything. I think you're not smelling space, you're smelling the effect of space on the ship that you're near. And they actually do have a space candle. There's a candle you can get that you can get if you've always wanted to smell seared steak and brimstone at the same time in the comfort of your own home, not in the void of space. You can buy a candle for that. So that's his... Theory. You're not really smelling the air. You're smelling repressurized space when you're coming in, and it's all the off-gassing from the vehicle itself. Very, very interesting, right? The smell is real. Is Chris Hadfield's theory real? Well, tattoos. A guy, a guy who goes by the name Tattoos by Carlos, has his own theory, and it's a chilling one. It's a very, very good, creepy theory. But I wanted to make sure I explained the science before at first, because I know a lot of people were wondering, space doesn't smell, space doesn't smell, and it does. This, people who have been up there have said it does have a smell that attaches to your suit. That's how they smell it. I wanted to get that out of the way. This is what Carlos is saying. When everything is repressurized, when the astronauts come back in in their spacesuits and they take their helmets off, they smell a combination of molten metal, organic material, this seared steak smell clinging to their suits. And he goes, what if you had a planet teeming with organic life? An advanced planet. A technologically superior planet to what we have here on Earth. Maybe this planet was in our own solar system at one point. And it exploded. A massive explosion tore a planet apart, creating the asteroid belt that we now see in our own solar system. And what we're smelling is the organic material of the inhabitants of that world. 
pulverized into unviewable, unnoticeable atoms just floating around through space. All of their technology, all of the mighty wonders that they had crafted on their planet, reduced to nothing. What if that is the cause of the smell? When you go out for a spacewalk, you're actually smelling a dead civilization. Those little materials attached to the suit in great enough numbers that when you step back into the space shuttle and you take that suit off, you get a whiff of seared steak. But that was really billions of humanoids living on a planet that was vaporized. And you get that oxidized metal smell, these buildings, these vehicles, this technology that had been overheated to a point that it had disintegrated, but enough of those can still gather together on your spacesuit. And it just smells weird. What would it smell like if a planet on that technological scale just exploded? Millions of years ago, where would all of that matter go? Where would all of those things go? They wouldn't just evaporate. Even though I use that word and disintegrate multiple times, they're somewhere out there. Fascinating theory. And I think you could even go so far that maybe it wouldn't even be a planet. But if some giant vehicle at some point exploded in our orbit, and these trace minerals and these trace smells are still floating around, because they're not going to go away. They're actually preserved by space. They're going to stay in orbit. And you would smell them when you're out on your spacewalk. What we're smelling is not off-gassing of a ship. It's actually the ghost of a long-lost and now-dead civilization. I think it's a really interesting theory. Does it hold water? I, You know what's interesting? I've talked a lot about this. I'm 45 years old. And when I went to school back in the 80s and the 90s, but I'm talking elementary school, my education was, was ridiculously out of sorts. Like, I changed schools every two years. I moved around all the time as a kid. But I, and I tried looking this up online, the computer's like, I don't know what you're looking at, dude. Google's like, uh, you're an idiot. I was taught when I was a kid that there was, there was a theory, and theories change, right? There was a theory that between Mars and Jupiter, there's this huge asteroid belt. That's not a theory that exists, but between Mars and Jupiter, there's an asteroid belt, and I was taught that it's possible there was a planet there at some point that got ripped to pieces by Jupiter or some other force, most likely Jupiter, right? And then it disappeared. Well, it's still there. It's just a bunch of asteroids. I had heard that, and then when I tried looking it up today, everything said, well, Jupiter might have flung. There's evidence that there used to be another planet that Jupiter kind of bullied <laughs> bullied out of the solar system. Get out of here. No one loves you. It's like, oh, It's floating away. They think that a planet may have been here in its infancy, and it got turned into an exoplanet and just floated away through the solar system, but I was taught that. Now, Google, <laughs> I taught that in Google is not, not not being my friend. It doesn't seem like that is a, a theory nowadays. But I was also taught that whales lived to be 500 years old and Venus had jungles on it. So I know that my education as a kid was not the greatest. 
But that even that aside, like let's say it wasn't a planetary explosion, just a large enough vehicle in our orbit. If that had some sort of calamity, would it still leave these odors around to be detected? Very, very interesting story. Like I love coming across these theories like this, right? It's something I never would have considered. I didn't I personally didn't know that space had a smell. But could it be because of this? And then, you know, we'll wrap it up like this. I, I had a little personal theory of my own. The idea when Chris Hatfield said it smells like brimstone. Brimstone is usually a smell that the paranormal and the religious associate with the devil and with hell. I mean, it's I don't know actually how much of that is listed in religious texts, the actual smell of brimstone. I don't know how much of that is added on by Renaissance authors later on, honestly. But there is a thing, like when you look at the the, the original definition of hell, it's separation from God. It's not necessarily this place of fiery torment in, in the original versions of most religions. It's not actually on fire. That's something that is kind of added in later books and definitely added in by Renaissance authors and stuff like that. It's complete separation from God. It's being alone. Like you die and you're in an infinite void alone and you don't get to see anyone and you don't get to be near the creator. Because so, who cares if you're burning for eternity? Like pain, eventually you'll get used to it. You're like, oh, waking up. You're like, that didn't make it a little bit out of the flames. Um... But the loneliness never goes away. So the idea was that when you die and you go to hell, you're going to be separated from God forever. I can't think of anything that sums that up any more than you dying. You having some sort of trip or fall or someone shoots you. Or, I mean, I have to keep listing ways that you die. You're like, great, Jason, really uplifting episode. I'm already afraid that I might have switched bodies three or four times throughout my life. And now this, you die. And you don't end up with some devil in red tights poking you with a pitchfork. You're like, ah, you're floating through space. Like you die and the next thing you know, you're in the void of space. It's cold and it's vast and it's lonely. Now, I'm not saying your actual body. I'm not saying if you got hit by a car, you go, woo, and your body floats up there, but your soul is there in space. And you go, Jason, that's kind of cool, man. I've seen like Star Trek and stuff. I can see nebulae floating there, and I can see like supernovas. Those things, those things were are so rare. The universe is so huge that I could pick you up and throw you into space, and the chances of you ever being able to see another planet with your naked eye as you leave Earth would be slim to none. And all those photos of nebulae, first off, Star Trek, science fiction, it's not real. Secondly, all those photos of like the Crab Nebula, that's so photoshopped. A lot of that is like all of these data points that they interpret into some sort of image. And then they do all sorts of color corrections. Like if you were in the Starship Enterprise, you wouldn't be like, whoa, look at we're flying by the Crab Nebula. You wouldn't, you, it wouldn't, know. you would obviously know that it was there. They're not idiots, but. It wouldn't look like it does. And again, you if you just went in a random direction, the chances of you ever seeing anything like that, you would most likely fly through the void forever and never come across another planet or a star. You would just be in the blackness of space, floating forever. 
And that does sound like the original version of hell. Really, just being alone outside of God's presence without seeing any of his works floating. But it doesn't actually say that you float, right? It doesn't say like aliens will laugh at you. It doesn't say that in the book of Job. But you know what I mean? Like just floating through the emptiness of space, not seeing anything else. Your consciousness just leaving the planet that you loved so much and you were taken so quickly from. And there you go. That is hell in space. And that would match up with the whole brimstone idea as well. Just a theory, just something I came up with when they mentioned the word brimstone. Just something that popped in my head. A fascinating theory. You know, my mind's creepy. Uh, Carlos, that one is very evocative that there was a previous civilization somewhere around here. I'm not averse to that, honestly. I think there's a chance that Earth wasn't humans' actual home. We did an episode on that not too long ago. Like, the fact that humans have back pain and we don't react well to the gravity here and the way we age does make it look like we didn't evolve here. I find that a very interesting theory. Or just the idea that even astronauts up in space, they can go on these spacewalks and even they are confronted by mysteries every single day. These people who are literally on the final frontier. Even they go out on these spacewalks and they come back in and they take their high-tech spacesuit off and they're standing in this billion-dollar space station and they go, hmm, wonder what, wonder what's causing that smell. Even they, with all the technology at their disposal, they're doing these spacewalks, they're in a billion-dollar space station, even they take off their spacesuit and they get a whiff of that smell and, and they're confronted with these mysteries, these people who are putting their lives on the line to expand human knowledge. Even they don't know everything. Even they can go, hmm, I wonder what causes that smell. No one knows the answer. It's one of those true mysteries that doesn't really affect our lives in any meaningful way, but makes us wonder, what is the truth? Will we ever know it? And even if we discover it, will we admit that it's true? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.